morning, Vineyard. Good morning and welcome. Good to see you this morning. Again, happy Father's Day uh, to the fathers amongst us. Um, thank you. I like my shirt as well. Um, put it on this morning, walking through my neighborhood. A car pulled up and I was visiting with one of my neighbors and first thing he said is, you didn't buy that shirt for yourself, did you? So we'll just clear, clarify that right away. No, I did not. It was a gift. So there we go. We're good with that one. Uh, but anyway, may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, may his peace, may his freedom that is found only in Christ, may that be yours today and always. My name is Mike. I love Jesus. I'm honored to be able to stand in front of you and speak today. Um, I was reminded this past week, before we get into our passage for today, I was reminded this past week um, of a discussion, sort of a discussion, that I had with God a while back. I was on a long run, so this took place a few years ago. I was about five miles into this run, and I stopped at a park to get a drink of water. So I got a drink of water, I'm walking through the grass, back to the running trail, and I looked down and I saw a big rock laying in the grass. And the thought went through my head instantly, it's like, oh man, is that ever going to mess up the lawnmower when it hits it? And that was my response to the rock, and I kept on walking. And uh, it seems to me like, like God wasn't satisfied with that. Um, so I had this revelation that this rock is going to mess up a lawnmower. And I didn't respond real well to that reservation I, uh, or revelation. I walked past, and God said, go pick it up. And this is kind of when the discussion with God started. He told me to go pick up a second time I did not respond real well had a bit of a conversation with him, and I told him, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't want to. And, and in a situation like this, uh, it's usually not a good thing when God repeats himself. Uh, but once again, God said, go pick it up. And so a bit, of more, a bit more of this conversation kind of in my head, and, and uh, I probably responded properly the third time. I went back and I picked up the rock, but at that point I was way past it. I had to turn around. I had to go back. It took a whole lot more time and effort to respond than if I would have just the first time responded to his prompting, responded to the, the insight that he gave me that it's going to mess up a lawnmower. Now, I recognize this may not be necessarily a super spiritual sort of revelation that I got, but God is in the big things as well as those little things. Those little things are important, and we need to respond to those as well. Now, it might be that uh, that lesson was just for me, that God was just talking to me and teaching me to respond quicker. But then again, maybe that, was, that little act of kindness really prevented some chain of events, including a lawnmower. I may never know this side of heaven, but God desires our response to his promptings and to the revelation that he gives us in our life. Amen? Amen. My prayer for you is that you would respond much quicker than I did. So if you've been around here the last couple of weeks, you know that we're three weeks into our study in the book of Galatians. From week one, what I recall from week one is Pat taught that real freedom Real freedom only comes from Jesus. That's where we find freedom. I love that lesson. I've dwelt on that a number of times. I often get sidetracked. I don't know about you, but I get sidetracked, and I need to be reminded that real freedom really is only found in Jesus. 
Last week, my takeaway from last week, I was reminded that I am free to change. I am free to change. God dwells within my heart. He dwells within your heart. We have the power of the Holy Spirit within us, and we are not stuck. We are free to change. And that change, boy, my prayer is that I would let Jesus shape my life. That's the change that I want. My prayer this week is that, you know, I had takeaways from the two, first two weeks that we we're teaching on Galatians. My prayer this week is that I really learned something good from the speaker. <laughs> There's always hope. There's always hope, right? Yeah. So this week we're going to look at uh, Galatians chapter 2, the first 10 verses. So verses 1 through 10. Before we, get, before we get into that, the first few words in verse 1 say, 14 years later I went up to Jerusalem. And I just thought I'd bring some clarity, a reminder of what that statement really means. So it's Paul who is writing Galatians. And something happened 14 years earlier that he's referencing. So Paul, if you recall, had his come to Jesus moment kind of on the road to Damascus, has his come to Jesus moment face-to-face uh, gets kind of knocked off his horse. He gets sent three years into Arabia, and later he comes back to Damascus. And during that time in Arabia and Damascus, I believe Paul was schooled in the Jesus way. He spent three years learning the Jesus way. Now, Paul, he was a very learned man. He was trained under the name of a teacher that I've been struggling with all week. It starts with a G, Gamaliel. Something like that. That's what we're going to go with today, Gamaliel. Um, so what, you may say. Well, he was like this renowned teacher. His reputation was way up there. Nowadays, he might be like a Harvard or Yale kind of professor or educator. And if you were taught under him, man, you had credibility. Paul was a very learned man. Back then, everybody who went to school, the first phase of Hebrew school was called Bet Sefer. And what the students learned was Torah, the first five books of the Bible. Their assignment for this first section of schooling was to memorize Torah. They would memorize Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and, and Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. I have to slow down. Okay? They had to memorize that, and the best students would go on from there, and the best of the best would go on from there. And so at this point in Paul's life, he most likely had the entire Hebrew Scriptures memorized, everything from Genesis to Malachi, he had memorized. And so he was a very knowledgeable man in Scriptures. He had it in him. He had it in him, um, and he needed Jesus to rework some of that. He needed that to be reworked. He had it kind of like in here, but he needed to get it in here. I believe with my whole heart that God can and does still do miraculous things today. And I get excited when I'm either a part of it or I hear about something cool or miraculous or instantaneous that God did. I love it when he does that. God could have instantly changed Paul's heart and his mind, but he didn't. Paul went for three years to be retrained. It was like this long road, this long path. He didn't get the instantaneous. He was on this long road. Sometimes God takes us on a slower timeline. Sometimes he has us on this long, slow path to get to his desired outcome. That path, the long, slow one, 
I mean, we're praying for the instantaneous and the miracle, but sometimes that path, that long, slow one, that has incredible blessings along the way. There are lessons and experiences and relationships that are built on that long path. We always seem to want that quick, fast, miraculous, but there's so much to be found on the long road. There's so much. Paul was on the slower path, relearning and becoming acquainted with the Jesus way. I encourage you to trust the slow work of God. Trust the slow work of God in your life, in every area of your life. Keep moving forward and trust the process. After spending three years being re-educated into the Jesus way, Paul goes to Jerusalem, hangs out with Peter for a couple of weeks, he meets James, and then he heads off to minister. And now he's been teaching and ministering for 14 years, and that's when we get to chapter 2, starting with verse 1. And I'm just going to read the first 10 verses. They'll be up on the screen. 14 years later, I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas, and I took Titus. We went in response to a revelation. We've used that phrase already today. I went in response to a revelation and set before them the gospel that I preached among the Gentiles. But I did this privately to those who seemed to be leaders for fear that I was running my race in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false brothers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might remain with you. As for those who seem to be important, whatever they were makes no difference to me. God does not judge by external appearances. Those men added nothing to my message. On the contrary, they saw that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as Peter was to the Jews. For the God who was at work in the ministry of Peter as an apostle to the Jews was also at work in my ministry as an apostle to the Gentiles. Peter, nope, James, Peter, and John, those reputed to be pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the Jews. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do. Amen. Looking back at verse 2, what I want to pull out from there, Paul went to Jerusalem in response to a revelation. In really simplistic terms, a revelation, if we define it, a revelation is simply the revealing or disclosing of some form of truth or knowledge. Now, typically in the church, we're, re we're referring to a revelation of God. He's revealing a truth. He's revealing something to us. But it's it's a coming into an awareness of something. I believe God is constantly revealing more and more of who He is and how we are to live and move and have our being in Him. I believe He is constantly revealing His goodness, His creation, and His heart for us and others. Sometimes God reveals things in the supernatural way and it can be an instantaneous download, a thought or an idea. Sometimes when it comes to me, I feel like, 
wow, there's no way I would have or could have done that apart from God. Or there's no way I would have or could have said that apart from God. That had to be him. God can and does speak to us and reveals things to us and through us in supernatural ways and sometimes in more of a slow path in a natural way just through reading his word and studying it. In verse 5, it talks about the truth of the gospel. Paul was being hassled. He was being pressured to change part of his message. Some people who were not totally free in Jesus were pressuring Paul to alter his message and add some requirements. They wanted some rules and some requirements for outsiders to come to Jesus, for the Gentiles. They were not Jewish people. They were outsiders. And some people wanted other regulations and rules put on them in order to come to Jesus. Paul was experiencing peer pressure, but Paul holds on to the truth of the gospel. He holds on to the freedom of the gospel. That's what he's clinging to. Another place in Scripture, actually in the book of John, chapter 8, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the rest of that verse, and the truth will set you free. It's the truth of the gospel that we cling to. It's Jesus that we cling to. Freedom is found in Jesus, and what a great throwback to week one when Pastor Pat was talking about real freedom coming from Jesus. That's it. Paul knows the truth. Paul came to face-to-face -face with the truth on the road to Damascus, face-to-face -face with Jesus, and he let Jesus shape his life. Now Paul is teaching, guiding, instructing others in the truth of Jesus. He did not let that truth get corrupted. In college, I had a theology professor. I still remember him. I had this, college, this theology professor who drilled it into us, Christ alone. Salvation is found in Christ alone. There is no other name. There is no other way. It's all about Jesus. He used to warn us and he would say, if anyone tries to add anything to the salvation message other than Jesus, run. Just run. It's like it is Christ alone. It is not Christ plus. It is not Christ plus good works. It is not Christ plus baptism. It is not Christ plus circumcision. It is not Christ plus anything. It's Christ alone. And just as Paul held on to the truth of the gospel, we too need to hold on to Christ and Christ alone. Recently in theaters, <coughs> there was a movie playing called Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I did not see it, but I did see Guardian of the Galaxy 1 and 2. But I didn't yet see three. But anyway, there's this film, Guardian of the Galaxy 3. And it's about this group of misfits, a bunch of broken rejects and not good enoughs who were literally saving the world, well, and galaxies. Uh, there was Peter and Rocket, Gamora, Groot, and Drax, some interesting characters. And they were the guardians of the galaxy. And as I was thinking about Paul and the 12 disciples and what they did with the message of Jesus, and I decided, I decided that Paul and the disciples are really the guardians of the galaxy. They are the original guardians of the galaxy. Collectively, they protected the truth of God's word. They documented it. They wrote it down 
so that it would not be corrupted and they shared it with all people. Actually, that's why we're gathered here today because of the guardians of the galaxy, because of Paul and his writings, because of the disciples and their teachings and what was documented. We are gathered here today because of the commitment and the determination of the guardians of the galaxies. Now we too have that message. We have that truth within us. Might that truth change us? And might we protect it? And might we give it away? We are entrusted with the task of sharing Jesus, the task of living well before others, demonstrating God's heart for all people. I know a lot of extroverts. Of course, I know a lot of introverts too. But I know a lot of extro extroverts who are just out there for Jesus. I know people who, will total, who are totally comfortable talking to anyone, anywhere, any place about Jesus. I know, I mean, some of them will talk to a fence post about Jesus if there are no people around to talk to. They're just always talking about Jesus. I am not one of them. I am much more of an introvert. And as an introvert, I've taken great comfort in this next statement, this statement that I heard long ago. And the statement goes like this, share the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. Share the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. I love that. We are given permission to speak through our actions. We don't have to always be talking with words and quite frankly for me, sometimes it's better that I don't. But we do need to live it. We need to live the truths of Jesus at all times. Live in such a way that others are drawn to him. May the fruit of the Spirit just be evident in my life and your life at all times. In another one of Paul's writings, he said, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Paul identified himself as the worst of sinners. And still the brothers of the church in Jerusalem extended the right hand of fellowship to him. His past did not disqualify him. And your past does not disqualify you. I don't know your past. Maybe it rivals some of what Paul's was like, or maybe not. Paul himself saw himself as the worst, yet God had great plans for him and used him in a huge way. Maybe you see yourself as similar to Paul and how Paul saw himself but that's not how God saw Paul, and that's not how God sees you. God has great plans for you. You are not disqualified by your past. You are not a reject, a misfit, or a not good enough. You are a new creation. You are beautiful. You are valuable. You're useful. You're blessed. Keep moving forward with Jesus. Trust the slow work of God. He is always at work. I love that phrase, trust the slow work of God. It does not matter at what stage of life I might be at or what you might find yourself. Trust the slow work of God and keep moving forward.
Sometimes in my past, sometimes I've compared myself to others who seem to have it all together. I'm sure you don't do that or have never done that, but I have. I've compared myself at times, and I've also found that it didn't do me any good at all. It didn't do me any good to compare myself to others. God has me on a unique path and a unique calling, and God has you on your unique path and your calling, and we just keep moving forward. Serve him where you're at. Whatever your current place in life might be, focus on the Jesus way and trust the process and keep moving forward. Keep moving forward with Jesus. We're kind of coming to the tail end of spring and moving into summer, but I love springtime. I love spring when the flowers are bursting forth and there's colors and fragrances. It's just a wonderful time of year. The smells of spring, I love them. In fact, take a moment. Imagine, imagine you're holding, just right in front of you, you're holding a rose or you're holding a, a, a peony or maybe you're holding a grouping of lavender or you're holding a bunch of flowers. Now, for those of you, not those of you with asthma or breathing issues, but the rest of you, just imagine breathing in the fragrance and the aroma of those flowers. Imagine breathing that in and, and just the sweetness and the freshness of that as you inhale. Paul in Corinthians said that you, you are the sweet fragrance of Christ. You are the aroma of Christ. That's who you are. You are the sweet-smelling presence of Jesus to people who desperately need him. You are not a hot, broken mess. You are the sweet presence of Jesus. You bring the presence of Jesus to your fellow students at school, to your neighbors, even that one on the other side of the fence that doesn't seem to be so nice. You are still the fragrance of Christ to them. You are the fragrance of Christ in the office, in the shop, in the gym, in the store, at the campground, in the park. Wherever you go, you are the aroma of Christ. It's just who you are. You have been called, you've been set apart to live well the truth that you've been given. So live it well, 24-7. Trust Jesus. We here at the Vineyard and believers all around the world are called to be guardians of the gospel. You have the truth. The truth has set you free. Now give it away. Give it away. Amen. We are going to transition just into a time of communion. And this is a time where we celebrate corporately just kind of what Jesus has done for us and what it means. And I love that we get to do this. <clears throat> Excuse me. I love that we get to do this together every week. <clears throat> if you are joining us online, if you are with us, we certainly invite you to gather what you need to participate in communion. And if I could have four people who would just come up and prepare to serve communion to us. I so appreciate that we as a family of Jesus lovers get to do this every week. It reminds me of God's mercies. It reminds me of his love for me. It's kind of like this reset button that I get to push at the end of maybe a difficult week or even a reminder as I go into this next week that I am loved. I am Christ's child. I am his beloved. From scriptures we know that Jesus, on one of his last nights here on earth, before going to the cross, he took some bread and he broke it. And he gave it to his friends. 
And he said, this is my body which is about to be broken for you. And he took some common drink and he said it was his blood being poured out for them and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus encouraged his followers, us, to do this and practice this whenever we get together in remembrance of him. Jesus, oh, how we love you. We remember what you did and the forgiveness and the freedom found only in you. Thank you, Jesus. Might we respond well to your work in our lives. Help us to embrace the slow work of God and may we always keep moving forward. Let's come forward and participate in communion together. In the name of Jesus, amen.